Hello guys and welcome to Blunt Force Healing Podcast episode 432 and back in Ireland. Of course there was a small segment that I added yesterday to I would say finishing touch of our trip to Morocco. It was an interesting one. I will be probably writing more about it or referring to it and reflecting on it a lot in the coming weeks. Today just started as a normal day in Ireland. Um, Friday is a working day for me and I was standing for change manager in our company because she's on the annual leave so it was important that I will wake up properly in the morning and get ready for the meeting. My wife was up very, very early, I think about 6.30 or something. Julian and myself got out of bed probably closer to 8 in the morning. We went for shopping because obviously after those 10, 11 days, anything that was in the fridge, well, most of the things were off, as they say, we couldn't use them. So we needed bread and all that basic things uh, like fruit, veggies. So we went to the shop. Julian was very helpful and made it more efficient so I could get back home for the meeting and I'm trying to catch up with everything that happened while I was away and as you can see probably I have new glasses not that it is of interest of any of you guys but I don't think I mentioned but if you look closer to the previous episodes for quite a long time I had a broken frame of the glasses and one of the lenses were falling off and I was gluing them and every time I kind of squeezed or put um, glasses against something or hugged Julian or something they would break again so my wife and Julian were making a joke out of it and couldn't believe that I'm holding to those old glasses for so long and the lenses were so not dirty but scratched because the the thin layer of film that is anti-reflex and probably something else that uh, transparent film was scratched in many places multiple places either of from glasses falling off or anything like that and while I was wearing them for such a long time obviously I, I could see that from time to time but my brain adjusted to it and when we came back yesterday from the airport my wife rang the opticians and it turned out that the glasses were ready the new glasses that we uh, ordered before the flight so we went straight away there and picked them up and I put them on and 
was a massive difference. While there is no change in the type of lenses or the strength of lenses, just the fact that they are clean and unscratched made me see the world like new. So it was an amazing feeling. It is an amazing feeling. And I'll be holding into it. So currently it's almost midday, 11.48. I plan on eating something and getting a proper coffee because I didn't have a chance. I'm still catching up with, at work and with a couple of people. I wanted to show you something. This lovely Berber dagger that I brought from Morocco. I wasn't sure if there will be any problems to bring it back to Ireland. But again, it's a it's a piece of, um, you know, more like a jewelry or decoration rather than proper dagger because it's it's still on the rusty side and it's not sharp on the edges. Well, it might be slightly sharp here at the top and it still can do damage. But in general, I will be cleaning it up. This part, the sheath and that hilt or whatever they call it, is made of silver. So Berber people have access to a lot of silver and they use silver as a common metal to decorate their their kind of crafts. So this whole sheet is quite heavy. And while there is inside like a skeleton of, of the sheath made out of other metal, which I think I can see slightly that it's getting rusty, all the other stuff, the whole sheet itself is made out of silver, as well as this part and this part. This is wood, it's a treated hardwood. Not sure what type of hardwood it is, but it doesn't really matter. I brought it as a, you know, memory or thing that kind of a souvenir to have it. I'm If I find the right person or right place to sharpen it, I might sharpen it, but I'm afraid to lose certain elements. Not sure if it's visible, but you can see, yeah here it's like it's like a dent yeah it's visible here and there's another one so these dents are hallmarks of the whoever crafted the blacksmith so i thought that they are just bends but they are not they are they are hallmarks to sign the actual dagger made by relevant blacksmith uh, either in West Sahara or uh, in Atlas Mountains, I don't know. It's very hard and almost impossible to track origins of those knives because they go from uh, different places to different people. And this is, as far as I know, it's just a string made out of uh, camel skin. So they they kind of hold it on the right side, I believe. I need to still research it. But it's a very nice piece. I really love it. And I am likely to get it to the point that it will help me a little bit with my fungi exploration or mushroom foraging. I really like that piece. So 
my wife also brought a couple of jewelry items uh, it's a very nice silver and very well crafted it has that soul that you can't find in jewelry from the stores these are real items that very often are unique and they're not made for resale or for trading but rather as gifts to the family members or friends and that's how they do it so uh, i'll be back in a couple of seconds with another segment for now i need to go back to rethinking or catching up with life after we've been gone for 11 days short segment number two uh, as you can see i'm outside it's pretty dry and nice today no wind no rain which wasn't obvious in the last two weeks i've heard from people that stayed in ireland and were not on holidays but uh, I had a meeting while my wife and Julian decided to go for a walk. So they went towards Donegal Bay. It's about four kilometers walk. So two, about two kilometers one way and then back. And because that meeting was fairly short, about 15 minutes, I decided to not stay in front of that bloody computer and get out at least for maybe one kilometer and back so about half of what they did but at least to move myself because I'm afraid that I might not be able to do the walk today and I'm pretty rusty I still need to get back some sleep after the last couple of days and that, uh, you know, tiring travel. So it's a good thing to get some fresh air. So let me keep going and meet them halfway. And I'll be back shortly. Hey, yo, beautiful legends and welcome back. So this is probably the last segment for today. Mm. No big highlights to to this Friday after our return from Morocco, but still, regardless, a lot of things to unpack, not only in the blog post, but I'd like to touch on a couple of things. Uh, let me just turn the car on and make sure that I'm not connected to Bluetooth to not screw it up. So in theory, that last segment will be actually last two segments. I'll just drop for a moment and continue on when I'm sure that car won't take all. Okay, I can continue now. I hope that the, the engine will not be too loud and I don't have much time to spare but I wanted to close it off properly as you know 
those of you that follow the blog and podcasts and actually consumed uh, the content yesterday blog and the episode you know that we had a very very long day in Morocco slash Dublin because we were traveling pretty much most of the day because we had to leave Esawira about 8.15, then we drove all the way to Marrakesh. Road was mostly smooth and we got just about on time because I scheduled return of the car that we rented for 11.30 a.m. And we were exactly, I would say probably a couple of minutes after that time. But it was very busy uh, for the guys at this uh, renting company. And the guy was surprised and said, oh, you are early. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I rented a car, I stretched it because I rented it from 11 a.m. to 11.30. So in theory, in most cases, they start another uh, day and they charge you another uh, day of a rental. But for some reason, that half an hour buffer is, is allowed. So I could have returned the car later, at a later hour than I rented it still within that 24-hour uh, period. So that was cool. But I assume that maybe he had some time recorded that we actually picked the car when we arrived from Morocco, there was a lot of troubles with the credit card, etc. So we actually left about 12 o'clock. So maybe that was the time that he had in papers that would explain it, that we were early for him. But that was just about time for us to leave the car. Everything was okay, so it went smooth. That was one of my first worries that there will be something like they will be looking for scratches or they will say that the car is dirty and they need to charge you for wash. Uh, there are different tricks that companies uh, tend to play to get more money out of you. But fortunately, so far, we never ended up with any company in, I would say, clash. There was a situation once in Portugal where the company tried to convince us that something was the result of our negligence or our negligence because it wasn't recorded on the sheet and I didn't check this but I recorded the video going around the car with the date stamp and you know you, you can't change it this is the phone records it and it's embedded in video you can modify it so I had the on the day video recorded that was showing those damages that were not included on the damage sheet and that was enough for them to close the case and return the deposit. So the return of the car was smooth. We then uh, rushed to the airport because we had about roughly two hours until we needed to board the plane. And I think the airport was the toughest part because 
my next worry was if we will have to pay for reissuing of the boarding cards. I'll explain it to you because most of the European flights that we did in the past, anywhere really, I think including Greece uh, back in the days, we were using mobile passes. So we very often fly with Ryanair, with some exceptions, but generally Ryanair is the, I would say, cheaper, cheapest airline in Europe that has a very nice, uh, very decent, decently priced um, flights. Of course, they will charge you for a lot of things if you if you're not careful, but in general, it's it's fairly cheap to fly with them. And, you know, you don't want to spend too much on, on, on flights. And so you can spend more time, more money on accommodation or, or rental of a car or anything like that, or actually spending money on your vacation. So we always use the boarding car. So when you check in, in the app of Ryanair, you then later on can either use the mobile pass, which has like the QR code on the phone for every boarding pass for every passenger, which is very handy and very easy to just scan and go through the gates or, you know, the attendants can check it. Or if you don't want to have it on the mobile, you're kind of old school or you prefer the paper boarding pass, you can still print it from a computer with different kind of barcode uh, but then you need to have that printed boarding pass with you. One thing that I wasn't aware of is because I always check us in for the flight just before the flight. Well, obviously not just before the flight because you can do it up to four hours prior to the flight departure. So I usually do that on the same day or just uh, on the night before. So a couple of hours before the, the flight, I check us in or check myself in. And I was surprised when I checked us in in the morning that our boarding passes in the app had like a big logo of a printer and there was no QR code. And there was a note that you need to print the actual boarding pass and of course we didn't have a printer and the place where we stayed in and we were just about to leave after the breakfast they didn't have a printer either so that was a challenge and then i looked into ryanair's faq section and looked for the answer and it turns out that moroccan airports are the only ones that do not operate for ryanair those QR codes so you have to print the boarding pass and it said that if you don't have access to the printer they can reprint or reissue that for you at the airport but this costs 20 euro per person or per boarding pass that would mean that we would have to spend 60 euro extra on just reprinting the boarding passes and on top of that I was afraid that because we bought a couple of things as souvenirs 
even when we repacked the bags, I was afraid that our main bag that was limit of 20 kilograms will be over limit. So then for every kilogram extra, Ryanair again charges you some enormous money. I, I think it was it is like 40 euro per kilogram or something like that. So it's crazy money. I might be wrong, but I think that it, it's it's pre pretty pretty expensive. So if you are within the their kind of guidelines, you can get very decent cheap flights. But if you happen to be on the off side with anything, it will cost you. That's how they do business. And so I had two things to worry about. First, we will have to reprint those boarding passes. And I didn't mind. Of course, I was pissed, uh, but I knew that we saved a little bit of money because of the last night and we decided to go for cheaper accommodation in Esauira instead of staying in Tagazut. We, of course, had extra money for that. and But you don't want to spend it if you don't have to. But I wanted to have a peaceful and smooth boarding, I would say, for the flight. And not lose any time, not be delayed or anything like that. When we arrived, they just opened two queues and it was slow. And I mean slow, really, really slow. And we were surprised how long can it take you to just check in, you know, the, the main bag. Because it usually takes just a couple of minutes or even in, in Dublin airport, there are self-checkouts. So you just wait, wait your... Um, baggage and if it's within the 20 kilograms limit or 20 and a half kilograms they still kind of allow that buffer then it will just ask you for boarding pass you scan it and it will print that kind of you know sticker so you can put it on the baggage you put it on the automated uh, you know I don't know how you call it a conveyor I think conveyor belt or something like that it scans the boarding pass it knows automatically which gate uh, that bag should go to so they can pack it up so it's it's very straightforward but here we were st I think we were standing like about an hour before we got to the desk and you know it got closer and closer to the flight and we still needed to go through the security and then we knew in the back of our heads that we have at least two potential problems bag can be too heavy and boarding passes need to be reprinted. And as far as I remember, if we had anything not in line with Ryanair's policies in the past, that couldn't be done or completed or paid at the desk where they do the boarding. You had to go to the customer service, do some paperwork, pay there, and then bring it back to the, to the actual queue. And then they will serve you and do the boarding. And of course, Morocco didn't seem like they have a proper customer service for Ryanair. So, you know, my mind was like, oh, let's get ready for something intense, I would say. But also in the back of my head, I knew that there's something that I always believe in, which is the organized chaos. The world operates its own pace. 
and we tend to rush things and overcomplicate stuff. Not only we worry too much about the things that never happen in most cases, but also we try to alleviate things that will not happen and they happen or something else happens, if you know what I mean. So we actually complicate ourselves, our lives. And my wife has that tendency of doing things because she thinks that she can do some stuff faster or better, etc. And I was like, stay in the queue and let it move and we will just go through it as it should be. Lo and behold, not only our bag was 19.6 kilograms, which means we were just about half of a kilogram below the limit, so it was perfectly fine. But when I approached the guy and I had the, the other boarding pass, the other PDF that I should print it on the phone so I could zoom in and show him the PDF, he just said, oh, you should have printed that next time, please print it. And I was like, yeah, when it will be the last, the next time that I will be flying from Morocco. Well, of course I will remember that situation. But then they were so pushed because the time was tightening and they needed to still do the, the boardings for many people. So they didn't mind and I didn't have to pay for anything. He just took down the information. But then I understood why it was taking so long. They were doing all of that on the paper. So they were doing paper boarding pass. They were writing all the details and stamping or whatever. So it was a very cumbersome and slow process. And now I understood why this, these queues were going so slow. And I don't know if it's a, a standard procedure or their computerized system failed or something like that. But it seemed like it's normal that they do that on the paper. So that would mean delays. And even if we were earlier at the airport, that wouldn't change anything because the, the gates are opened about two hours before the planned flight time. So yeah, so that was intense, but also smooth and allowing the world to go with its own pace really paid back. Oh, actually, I didn't pay anything, so it really cost, costed me nothing while I was expecting costs to happen. It's 15 minutes. I'm not sure if it will be enough to fit within a single episode. So let me close it for now. The rest will be in the blog post. Thank you very much for tuning in. Stay tuned and see you tomorrow.